So we have uh, gathered together for this retreat to uh, practice kamatana together. So the meaning of this word kamatana is uh, kama means action or work and tana is the basis. So when we build various material things in this world such as a, a building that has many stories to it, it needs to have a strong foundation. And so too with our practice. In the beginning we have this foundation of faith. So there's faith in the fully awakened Buddha, faith in the Dhamma, faith in the Sangha. And we also have sila as well, this virtue, which um, allows us to control our actions of body and speech so that they are good. So during these eight days that we're practicing together, we should look after our precepts well, try and keep them well. And even though people may come and shout at us, verbally abuse us, or gossip about us, we still keep our sila, we maintain that. We maintain that sila within our hearts. And we also have mindfulness there over our minds, uh, looking at what states are arising within them whether there's feelings of liking or disliking towards the things that we experience, looking at what the mind is proliferating about, how it's going. And so if people um, come and abuse us, then we don't respond in kind, that we don't shout at them or do anything like that. Because if we do these actions, and that's all just a matter of self, it's all to do with self. So the Buddha said that people who, if the world is lacking sila, then we won't be able to live together. If our sila is lacking, then our speech will be incorrect, it'll be harmful speech. And it just creates chaos in this world, and chaos in our hearts as well, in our societies. And in that case, then it's very difficult for us to practice meditation. And so we should try to cultivate the sila and cultivate our patient endurance as well. And if um, anyone does say anything unpleasant, then we just receive that, we don't respond. And so there was a time that our Buddha, in a previous life, as a bodhisattva, that he was born as an elephant. And Devadatta was a hunter. And so he went to uh, catch and kill that elephant, uh, but he was wearing the robes of a monk. And so the Buddha, the bodhisattva, out of the faith that he had and the respect that he had uh, towards the monks, he didn't uh, harm Devadatta. And so he accepted his fate. And, um, and kept his sila well. And so there were many lives when the Buddha cultivated this quality of kandi, of forbearance, of endurance. And during his last life, he became the fully awakened Buddha. And then he trained in this quality a lot as well, cultivated this a lot. And also in 
mindfulness and samadhi, this was very firm within him. So for us, we have this opportunity now to use our practice as a means to pay homage to the Buddha. This is a very good time that we have to gain an understanding into the Dhamma. And it's possible for us to see the Dhamma within these eight days. That can happen. So may all of you have a lot of mindfulness during this time, establishing your mindfulness in the four satipatthanas, these four foundations. So when you're sitting in meditation, you can watch the breath come and go. Have mindfulness there over the breath. In whatever posture you're in, standing, sitting, walking, lying down, and try to maintain that mindfulness there. Because normally we have all these postures during the day that we move our bodies around, but normally we don't have much knowing over that. That when we're standing, then we're thinking and uh, proliferating about this and that. And the same with all the other postures. And so we don't have mindfulness. We're not aware of what we're doing at that time. And so it's the same when we're sweeping, when we're cleaning, when we're washing our clothes, when we're eating. And we normally don't have that mindfulness there. And so during this time we need to try and bring that mindfulness to our bodies, to our activities. And even to our thoughts as well. And we have mindfulness over what we're thinking. So we train in this quality of sati well. And when it becomes firmly established, then we can contemplate and see into the nature of physical and material things. See how this physical body of ours is just something which is unstable or impermanent, which is stressful and not self. Because really it's that way already. It's just that our mindfulness isn't there, so that wisdom to see it being that way doesn't arise. If our minds are quite um, distracted, then we should chant and use that chanting to try and prevent these uh, thoughts which usually go on. It's also many of us will still have duties to do during the day, perhaps have to go off to work. So in that case, try to have a lot of mindfulness there while you're working. During these eight days, try to speak little as well. If while you're working you have to think, then you can think, but when you can put those thoughts down, then try to come back to your meditation object, trying to develop mindfulness here in the present moment. And that's really the meaning of these practices, is developing mindfulness here and now a lot trying to be present in this moment. And if we can do that, then we'll see into the truth. So these four foundations of mindfulness, they come within the Noble Eightfold Path. To have mindfulness, whether standing, walking, sitting, lying down, following up on the things that we're feeling, what we're thinking. So they kind of go over the basic instructions uh, for sitting, which is we watch the breath. When the breath comes in, then we can recite, would have mindfulness at the tip of the nose. 
And as the breath leaves, we recite Do and have mindfulness of that sensation of breathing, either at the nose or the lip. So on the in-breath, Bud, on the out-breath, Do, and we carry on going like this and trying to maintain our mindfulness during this. And when the mindfulness becomes firm and really comes together, then this word Buddha will just go all by itself without our intending for that to happen. <laughs> it's just that we feel like we just want to stay with the breath, that Buddha is too much. And so we keep the mindfulness there with the breath. And eventually we'll even let go of that breath and just have mindfulness um, in the mind itself. And so we stay with that and the breath becomes more and more subtle until there's no feeling of there being breath anymore. And then we just stay there. But when the mind starts to proliferate again, when the thoughts start to go outwards, then we bring those thoughts back and contemplate this body. You can contemplate it as being a heap of elements, a heap of earth, water, fire and air. And see these four elements there and see them break apart. See how they are unstable things, how they change, how they're not me. You can contemplate this body as being a heap of pain and stress, a heap of anicca, dukkha, anatta. And this develops our wisdom. So we contemplate these elements, seeing the change, the inconstancy within them, seeing them break apart. And if our samadhi is good, then we can gather them back together, uh, these elements back into a body, and reform the body, and then see them break apart once again. And when we contemplate well into the body, and then the mind can become empty, and it can separate out from all of its objects. It can become pure temporarily. And we should understand that this is the result of our training in virtue, in mindfulness, in samadhi and in wisdom. We should have this understanding. During the course of our practice, we may get uh, different kinds of joy coming up. And this can manifest in different ways. The hairs can stand on end, or we can get goosebumps, or there can be tears flowing. There can be a feeling of joy and any contentment in the heart. And both the body and the mind can feel very light. And so mindful um, samadhi arises here. And uh, sati becomes constant. And when mindfulness is constant, then samadhi becomes very firm. And we can contemplate to see clearly how the body is just a body. Feelings are just feelings, the mind is just a mind, the Dhamma is just Dhamma. And so we can gain an understanding into the Dhamma in this way. So therefore, during this time that we have, and during our day, we try to have a lot of mindfulness, whether standing, walking, sitting, lying down, maintain that mindfulness. Try to keep these meditation words of Buddha, Dhamma, Sangha there. If just chanting, reciting Buddha, Dhamma, Sangha, the mind is still thinking, then we can chant, use this chant of Itipiso, uh, do the recollection of the Buddha, in order to stop the mind from going out, from running around, rather chanting instead, recollecting the Buddha instead. So we can go over this many, many times, so that the mind doesn't proliferate. 
And we can then uh, reduce that chant to just Buddha, Dhammo, Sangho, and then eventually to just Buddha. And so this is a way of cultivating our mindfulness so that it takes care of our minds, so that our minds come into peace. So, and then when the mind starts to proliferate, then we cultivate samadhi once again until that samadhi stays and is firm. And we can contemplate into the nature of Sankara's conditioned phenomena. And when we can see the mind start to proliferate, start to go outwards, then that's when we see into conventions. When we see into conventions, then wisdom arises. And vimuti, liberation, arises here. So therefore, everything that we do in this practice, all the means that we have of building up goodness, right, from generosity, all these kinds of merit, it's for the sake of cultivating mindfulness, of making our samadhi firm, so that wisdom arises. It's this path of sila, samadhi and panya, this uh, foremost path, that takes our minds to knowing their inner nature of Buddha, of awakening. It's this way of practice that the Buddha met with himself, that allowed for his heart to awaken, for him to become the fully self-awakened Buddha. And so even though we've come after the Buddha, still we can become Savaka Buddhas, we can become uh, awakened disciples. And so the Buddha, he taught this path, but he wasn't able to um, make us follow it, to drag us along it, but rather he told us about it. And we have to practice walking this path together. And if we do so, then we will see into the truth, and we can do that in this life. So during these eight days, may you set your hearts on this, and maybe faith will really come up and gather in the heart this faith in the Dharma, the teachings of the Buddha. And so may you set your hearts on this. So sometimes when we're meditating, there can be a lot of thoughts that go on. The mind can be very scattered. So in that case, we should breathe in very deeply and fill up our lungs. And then we breathe all of the air out again. So we breathe in deep, reciting, Buddha. And then breathe out, do. And we do this three times so that our body gets replenished with oxygen. And then we can establish the mindfulness back on the breath anew. So as we recite Buddha along with the breath, perhaps there may be thoughts still going on after that. So we should uh, press our tongue against the roof of our mouth. And then the thoughts should lessen through that. As we sit for long periods during this retreat, then there may be uh, painful feelings that come up in the body. So we should have mindfulness over those feelings. And we can reflect how before we were sitting, but there weren't these painful feelings, but they've just come up now. We can also reflect all of the painful feelings we've had in the past, all of the aches and pains, all of the hunger and thirst that was there, but now it's disappeared, and now it just doesn't exist anymore. And we can also see the Vedana, these feelings in the present moment, how they arise and cease right now.
And so if we have uh, enough mindfulness and samadhi, then we can see Vedana as being just Vedana, feeling. And the mind can separate out from them. And there can be this clear understanding how the mind is one thing, and the body and its feelings are another thing, that they're not me. And so when we do walking meditation, and we should set our hearts on that, we can recollect the Buddha initially, recollect his great virtues, his great goodness, his compassion, his great wisdom, his great purity. And we allow our gaze to fall about two meters in front of us. And then we establish our mindfulness on uh, the top of our head and go down through the body to the soles of our feet and then back up again. And then as we walk, we try not to allow our thoughts to go outside of the body. We can start off with the right foot and then place the left foot down, reciting bud, do, bud, do, along with that. In the beginning of the path, then we know that we're beginning. And then the same, at the middle of the path, we have awareness that we're at the middle. At the end, we're aware that we're at at the end. We have mindfulness there. And if we're thinking a lot during walking meditation, then we should stop walking. Because it's not the case that just by sitting or walking for a long time, then that we're putting in effort. We need to have constant mindfulness in order for it to be considered a right effort. But we may still sit and walk for long periods, especially in the beginning. And we should try to keep our mindfulness there while we're doing that. Mindfulness in the body, in the feelings, in the mind, and in the Dhamma. So now we'll get on with the retreat following the schedule that we've established. And this is a very good opportunity that we have. A good opportunity to put aside all of our thinking and concerns about the past and about the future. Or thoughts about illness, about war, about the economy. Because these are just external things. And the reason that there is all of this chaos and uh, unsettledness in the world is because of the attachments that people have. And all people born into this world, everyone has a vija, everyone has ignorance. There are very, very few people in this world who have developed their minds so that this knowing, this inner Buddha, arises within their hearts. And so people harm each other. So for us, we shouldn't send our minds outwards towards that. What we can do while we're meditating is we can spread metta, this loving-kindness. Spread our kindness towards all beings, wishing that they don't harm each other. May you have generosity and virtue and peace. Because if we don't have this uh, quality of virtue, then the world will be full of suffering. And so now is the time for us to sit in meditation together or to do walking meditation and we'll carry on doing that until the end of this meditation period. So we carry on until so 10.15 Thai time which is about 45 minutes away and then we can have a rest and so for the monks we should sit as well and then 
the monastics can come back at 1pm and uh, the session finishes, uh, starts rather at 1.15 we can come up here and start sitting about 1 and during this period now we should uh, try to maintain quiet and peace and so that we will have the opportunity to uh, establish our mindfulness. <laughs>